The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession. And rocked an entire profession. Talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at night. When others run scared and hide behind fake policies, the Roll Call Room podcast tells it like it is. No bullshit. No matter how hard these thieves try, we keep killing it. And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mark. I, I really didn't think it would be that bad. Oh. And that's how babies are made, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to an episode of The Roll Call Room. I am one of your hosts, Nick a ding dong <laughs> With me is my wonderful co-host, Mark. How are you doing, buddy? The one and only. I'm doing good. How are you this morning? I'm doing good, man. You know, um, just before we hit record, um, we were laughing at each other about uh, age catching up with us, our bedtimes. Yes. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll be vulnerable to people and tell them what our normal bedtimes are now. And how shameful it is. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's shameful. It's, it's it's when you're tired, rest. You know how how many years did we deprive ourselves of sleep? Hundred percent. And, and and why are we shaming ourselves now for sleeping? Because it's embarrassing. Like, like, <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you go to bed, and I go to bed at the time where we would go in to work. Like right. Yeah. Like well. Um, Yours is a little later than what you normally. What was your normal midnight shift? Uh, we work six p to six a. Okay, so for us on our mid midnight shift was eight to eight, so eight thirty roll call, but you had to be in at eight. Um, oh, okay. And daylight's never fucking logged in on time. No. Or by the time they got their bagel, the newspaper, they lollygagged, and the. Daylights was the biggest scam. Yeah. Well, was why like, did why did they have you at eight? Is that so the so the so the day shift guys could you know? Well, we had a swing. Um, when I first got there, we had an evening shift. The evening shift left at at one thirty in the morning mm. because ultimately I moved from midnights to to evenings because it was the best shift because you got yeah. the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of the the afternoon craziness and then you got a lull to get your work done and then you got a bit of the midnight bullshit and then just as shit was about to kick off a third time it was mm-hmm. like see ya <laughs> <laughs> we're out boys <laughs> let's know how it's working out for you i mean unless unless there was some like major kicking off you were getting off on time every single time okay on daylights it was a 50 50 chance on yeah. midnights it was a like a twenty five percent chance you were getting off on time. Mm. Um, and when I became a midnight sergeant, that was one of the things that I really, like, really tried to focus on was getting my folks off on time. <laughs> and, and so, like, I would go to headquarters during roll, like the mornings roll call, and I would go in mm. there and be like, "Let's go, 
wrap it up. Yeah. Nothing yeah. happened last night. This roll call should not be an hour long. Right. Oh, it's, yeah. It's mostly because their roll call is like this show. It's just two old people rambling on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's yeah. all our generation's fault, Nick. <laughs> it is. That and, you know, their roll call is bitter. <laughs> exactly. I guess we should. I, should, I guess we should dive into that first, even though this is our uh, Friday the 13th spooky episode. Yes. Um, uh, spookier than being in the chief's office on your knees. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're in there on your knees, you're asking for a promotion or yeah. a special uh, a specialty uh, job. Hands on the desk means you're about to have a directive named after you. <laughs> But, right <laughs> you, you know i think with this show we get a lot of feedback from people um yeah. new officers older officers retired officers officers that have been through what you and i have been through we get feedback and i think we do a little bit of self-reflecting typically mm -hmm. like you'll get feedback you'll tell me about it and then i'll curse for like 20 minutes and I'll, <laughs> you know, yes. I'm like, fuck them and you know <laughs> And then I do well, a little negative bit of, again. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then I do some self-reflecting and, and I think uh, it's not just from one person. I've heard it from quite a few, um, particularly from my old department, right at the rank of lieutenant, um, mostly in the recruiting department um, <laughs> that we uh, that we sound bitter and that that yeah. these incidents that happen with you and I are you know, two plus years old and, oh, you know, get over it. Like, yeah, I got, you know, and as you know, I do a lot of self-reflecting cause I travel a lot now for work and you know, I get time to sit and think about things. And I think the answer to that is, um, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> you were reading my mind. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing. It's kind of like a relationship, you know, you put a lot into a relationship, you're, you, you're, you're fully in it, you know, you got long-term plans, you know, you want to, you know, you want to fuck out some babies and you want to do all this stuff, and, <laughs> fuck them out. you know, and then, uh, you know, and then your significant other just fucking destroys your, your soul, you know, just yeah. destroys it. And would you tell that person like, you know, you're so bitter, you're so bitter, move on. Why would you? Uh, it, it, to a certain extent, I I agree with the criticism, but the majority I don't because unless you've gone through what we've gone through, exactly, um, you you don't understand. And and if your whole career was sunshine and roses and you had a great department, God bless you, yeah, good absolutely. for you. I'm so happy for you because the reason why this show has been so successful and continues to be is because we're not catering to that small and when i say small i mean mm. really small demographic of people exactly that go into work every single day and they're having the fucking best time of their life and they're running and gunning and they and and they have great bosses no we're not catering to them we're catering to the ones that seriously have the same problem and until until it gets fixed yeah i'm going to mm -hmm. continue to keep posting on social media yeah, I'm going to continue to keep posting articles about how shitty your department is. Yeah, I'm going to continue to keep pointing out that this is not a good place for new officers to go work. Um, right. 
that's a mission that I, that, and my, my favorite recently, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark, because I got diarrhea <laughs> in the mouth this morning. My favorite was somebody from my former, uh, former department, uh, Lieutenant over there, uh, you know, oh, it's been 1322 days and 14 hours and 17 <laughs> minutes and when let he it, had the retirement clock on when he put that yeah, date in. Yeah. Like <laughs> let it let it go. Mm, no, sure. see you don't you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm never going to go away. I'm never going to stop. Because as long as I could keep one ass out of the academy for you, that's a success for me. Right. And the more you keep posting, the more I know I'm occupying headspace. And that, to me, gives me a chuckle in my heart. Well, you're grinding out for 25 years trying to make pennies and crumbs. Mm-hmm. I'm over I'm here, bro. Here like, bank. I'm making fucking <laughs> bank. Like, like millions, all right? So go fuck yourself. Like, that did nothing. Like, it just made me laugh because that particular incident, yeah. all it did was just erupt a whole new, it actually invigorated me. <laughs> a whole new better side of you. <laughs> yeah, it was like. <laughs> it polished another facet of your bitter diamond. <laughs> it, made, it made me smile from ear to ear because uh, it, the, the other piece to that is, is that you know that they're listening because now at my old department, they put a suicide memorial up. Uh, for officers that have committed suicide, which I think is the most hypocritical fucking thing in the world, because the cause of some of those has right. been the fucking management leadership. Yeah. yeah. And here's the best part. They don't even have all the names on the fucking memorial. Good so you God. can't even do that right. You put two names on a suicide memorial. Well, the two guys they liked, but the rest of them, they killed themselves. They didn't put yeah, them on there because they probably, didn't like them. Or, or option two is that the family refuses to allow them to do it oh, because well, either true. they had a bad experience with the department. And I know this for a fact, one of them mm-hmm. had a very bad experience when it happened because just like my old department and, and as much as I don't want to give them any credit, they're not alone. Every no. department out there, when there's a law enforcement suicide, they put their head in the sand, they act embarrassed and they don't address it. Um, you know, I happened to be there when one of the officers committed suicide. That's tough. And it was, it was a taboo thing to discuss. They treated his, his team, um, not very well. They didn't get them the help that they needed. There was a lot of aggression. Um, there was a lot of infighting about what his funeral should be like. Should he have any full honors? Um, just vile, vile things. Uh, and then you spit on him by putting his name on a memorial like that is. Yeah. So let me ask you something at uh, your former agency. Did they have a plan? No. Did they have a, no. uh, uh, so, you know, I come to you, I'm your officer. I'm like, Hey Sarge, you know, I, I'm, I'm fucked up. I, I, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta see some, is there, did that, did that no. trigger anything at that department? No. When I was so, a Sergeant, I was just there, as guilty. I didn't know. Yeah, so was I. So was I. But but that was decisions that was above my pay grade. And and right. um, through a recent interview I had on the on the Shield Within was we were talking with uh, Bill Mazur and uh, Joe Collins from Acadia Healthcare, and they were talking about does your agency have a plan? 
Mm-hmm. Pre-planning. We pre-plan everything, right? SWAT. Mm-hmm. What do you do with a barricade? What's the policy? Do you have a policy in, in a, like Joe's uh, vernacular? We have a policy, or, or Bill, rather, where to put your name tag on your shirt, right? And how to wear your shit on your uniform, right? So what's your policy on uh, if you have an officer in trouble? And uh, what, like what they said, the time to create that policy is not when you're in the middle of the crisis. Let's get this ahead of time. And, and let's, you know how much energy it took for me to go tell my boss I needed to take FMLA? We had a double fatal motorcycle accident that I worked. And, um, the, you know, these this couple that was my wife and I's age were just out for a beautiful fall Sunday afternoon bike ride. We had Indian summer here in Ohio. And uh, this old woman ran that light like it was her fucking job and killed them both. Mm. I mean, they were just, it, it, it was horrific. And it was, it's right up the street from my house. And what, uh, what man, happened after that happened? What was your, what was your department's reaction after that horrific scene? Absolutely nothing. I couldn't exactly. sleep after that, Nick. I didn't sleep for like mm-hmm. four days. So I went in and I took my FMLA and I said, I, and this is when I knew I'm, I, you know, I was already in therapy and I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta get this out of my system. And my therapist says, you know, you can take FMLA for 30 days. So I did. And, you must uh, not know what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So here, here's the, here's the kicker of the whole thing is that I took that month off to unfuck my head and uh, I never even thought about my investigation, never even give it a second thought. And the detective uh, in, in made a note or, or part of his report was, well, you know, Mark the cop took off because you know, it was getting hot in here. I'm thinking you cocksucker motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could have killed that man. Literally. You know, for putting that in there, I'm thinking, you know, here, I'm trying to keep a gun out of my mouth. And the only thing you're worried about is this bullshit investigation you people are trying to throw together. Fuck you people. Um, So when you're talking about, oh, just let it go. Well, let me tell you something about just let it go. If if, And you compared it to a relationship, and that's not fair comparison. Mm. Because in a relationship that you end, it's over. (laughs) your former lover doesn't go back and try and keep you from earning money your former lover doesn't call your potential next employer and say oh well he should be put on the red flag list and he's crazy and has outbursts of blah 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 but you know a former lover doesn't do that a former police department will they they like to fuck with you and inhibit your ability to earn and and afterwards it's like they're like well just go away i would love to just go away but you people keep fucking with me yeah. So where we have the ability to turn on a microphone and to educate people beyond our bad experiences. And, and it's not to, and, and I appreciate the fact that you're like, I want to keep an ass out of there. Mm. Or if you're going to go work there, you're going to go in there with your eyes wide open. Go educated. Yeah. Go yeah. Educated. You're going to go yeah. in there knowing this place is a shithole. It pays the least. You got crap management, you know, so when there's other better places to go, go there instead. Well, and, and Mark, I'm, I'm, you know, I know that they're going to be listening to this because why not? Well, good morning, um, gentlemen. Hey, welcome to the roll call yeah. room podcast. Uh, yeah, you're, you're a couple. You're, <laughs> I'll send you free stickers. Um, it, you know, I'm going to let them in on a, on a little secret. So, fairly recently, and when I say fairly recent, I say we're probably within the last two months. Yeah, I've had three people reach out on the gram 
from my depart from my old department that have under under yeah. a year and a half in the department. I don't know who these people are. I've uh-huh. never met them, but they sure know who I am. <laughs> and these these people that have reached out send me messages and say, "Hey, you are a hundred percent fucking right about this place. <laughs> the moment I can get the fuck out of here, I'm gonna get the fuck I'm out of here." The road, Jack. So they're uh, so lieutenant over there. Um, keep doing doing more coffee with cops. Yeah. Keep doing your your fucking photo ops that you do every time you you take somebody laterally because you yeah. duke them into thinking. L- listen, you can you can sell somebody ice in the winter. But eventually, they're not going to be repeat customers, right? And that's that's your fucking big problem. And you bring up a really good point, which I didn't even i I didn't even think of, which is this: mm-hmm. the bitter part comes from had had I have separated from my department. They gave me my retirement credentials, and I walked away, and it was a clean break. Mm-hmm. Maybe RCR wouldn't exist anymore. Right. Maybe I would have gone away, but after that clean break, then there was harassment on social media. Mm -hmm. Then there was creating of fake Facebook accounts. Then there was invading our, our Facebook lives. Then there was, yeah, they were stalking. Yeah. Then they were making Photoshop pictures of me with a GoPro and all this other stuff. And then, then when I couldn't get a job, then finally, when I got my top secret background clearance uh, done, then it all came out that every time yeah. a, a potential employer would call over there, yeah, they would break the law, break federal law, and tell them this, this, and this. And it yeah. isn't just me because there is a there's quite a few, but there's one in particular where there was an officer that left there. Um, same, same dickhead from internal investigations that did me bad, did mm-hmm. him bad. Yep. He resigned. He decided to go down to Florida, go try and get a, a job as a cop. Got the, he all lined up, getting the job. Chief calls over there. They tell him all of this vile shit. He hires an attorney. The attorney sends a cease and desist letter out. This goes between the city attorney and, and his attorney. And the city attorney is like, what the fuck is all that? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this department can't be stupid enough to do this. And, of course, the department goes, yeah, well, when they call, we told them this, this, and this. And she's like, are you fucking retarded? Like, are you stupid? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so he gets a letter from the city the city attorney's office saying that going forward, any background checks uh, will go straight to the city attorney. When when the city attorney has to take the ability for background checks away from a department, you know there's a fucking problem. You yeah, know exactly. there's a so, problem. So how do you get over that? You know, think about, I loved, you loved being a cop. Loved it. Best job in the world. Best job in the world. Absolutely. I mean, best job in the world. So it took all the energy to end the career that I love. My daddy always Mm -hmm. told me, you know, pick a job you love, you never go to work. So you Mm -hmm. you come up with the, you you start playing your options. You're in this poker game and your hand is really beginning to suck. Mm -hmm. Not only are you going to lose this round, but now you're going to go into the red. You're going to go into the negative. So You've made the personal decision 
it's time to exit because there's forces outside our control for some reason on this day at this time they've decided hmm it, it seems as if they have a dartboard of faces in their office and they just threw a dart and they're like yep today's the day we're gonna fuck old mark the cop okay cool well I, i'm not aware of what's going on so the fucking's coming so your best strategy is from this point forward so cop time is over and how much energy and how much soul crushing energy is it going to be to leave the job you love the most hardest decision yeah at, at hardest 100%. decision so so you've not only have the shame and the heartbreak of leaving the job that you love you know look at the retirees that work 33 years on the job and then turn around and take a reserve whatever job deputy's job or court's job they're still carrying a badge and wearing the uniform why you've done it for 33 years well i'm going to do it for 36 years or i'm going to do it for 40 mm -hmm. years or you know in some of these cops around the nation i see where the guy's like 74 and i've been a cop for 50 years hey good for you bro and, and if you can do it and that agency maintains that good for you yeah good awesome. for you. you know i don't have the body for it anymore but okay so we we take all that energy it was to leave the career you love. Now, you, you've you've made that decision, and now we're trying to move on. Mm -hmm. Now I'm trying to have a job. I'm trying to provide for my family, only to be turned down from not one, not two, but how many jobs did you go through before? Six. 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 Lost. What the fuck is going on? Six. And, and, and I'm going to jump in. Six. Yeah, go ahead, bud. And while that was happening, yeah. Repoed my cars, uh, my mortgage. Oh my I was about to foreclose on my fucking house. Yes, yeah, you're losing my, everything. My world yeah. was crashing down on top of me, and all I was trying to do was get another job. And it yeah. didn't matter what the at the at, at one point it didn't even matter what job it was. While I was waiting for my top uh, top secret clearance, mm -hmm. I even applied for a security guard job. You know how much a of a hit uh, to my ego that was. Yes, yes. And so when when you sit there and you say it's been two thousand one hundred and some odd days, get over it. Fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> exactly. You didn't I have do. to fucking go through that. If if your little fucking house with your two kids and your fucking wife, it ha if it happened to you, mm -hmm. you'd be doing the same fucking thing, motherfucker. Yeah. And, and 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 I wrote this down while you were talking. You want me gone from your department, but you still want me to stick to your social media policy. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Times 10. Fuck so, it. Six o'clock in the morning, bro. I'm fired up already. Because, <laughs> well, I'm not laughing this, at you. It's just like pouring uh, yeah, but, kerosene on happened, fire. I think this happened like a month ago. It happened mm -hmm. a month ago. And I wasn't angry about it. I, I chuckled. I laughed. And even... Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, parody, um, recruitment video that, mm -hmm. that, that our folks here made, which is absolutely hilarious. Former people <laughs> from the department are like, Hey, did you guys make this thing? And I was like, may have, may not have. I don't know. And it Does just, the Fifth Amendment apply? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and, at the, and listen, it all boils down to this. The reason why you're angry about it and the reason why you don't want me posting articles about you, you commanders suing each other inside of the department for discrimination and right. bias and all this other stuff. It's first of all, it's an, 
embarrassment to an agency yeah. that, that you have commanders suing each other. You can't do a promotional process without suing each other. The, the chief is a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's almost worse than the moron that I got removed. Mm. I, I gift wrapped the, 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 the chief job to somebody external that could come in there and fix the damn thing. And they give it to this fucking idiot, this mm. fucking smile and a wave moron with no fucking brains. And now they're all pissed off because this guy can't make a fucking decision. He's absentee. And listen, I can't keep helping you. But the other thing is, is that I'm not going to adhere to your, your social media policy. I'm not going to turn around and not speak yeah. about it. That policy is for paid employees. Hey, guess yeah. what, Jack? We ain't paid no more, so you ain't my boss no more. And, and, and here's I have the no, thing. Is, uh, go ahead. I, I have no obligation. I'll finish your sentence. I have no yes. obligation. And and here's the deal. I'm going to peel back the curtains and let you in on another secret there, Lieutenant, and the other folks that are listening from the department. Your department had the opportunity to shut RCR down. Because yeah. the deal that I made with the dickhead chief that I had removed was give me my retirement credentials that I earned. Mm -hmm. I spent over a decade with the department. I earned my retirement credentials and I go away. You don't ever fucking hear from me again. He made the choice. He made the choice for your entire agency. And I made the same offer to this current chief when he took over. Day two, I sent him an email. Still have it. And I said, hey. You're a pastor. This is your opportunity to make things right. Make it right. I'm not asking to come back. I'm asking for you to sign my, my retirement paperwork. Let me get my retirement creds. And that's the end of that. Fucking ghost. Word. Never yep. heard from me. Never heard from me. So here, <laughs> here's the deal. I printed my own fucking retirement creds. It's this. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking Friday the 13th, baby. I hope you're listening to this while you're taking your fucking two little fuck trophies out for Halloween uh, trick-or-treating. Oh, wait, that's that's Halloween. That's not Friday the 13th. Yeah, they're, they're, they're driving to work listening to this. So Yeah, he's like, he's, and we are he's being driving. Listened to, by the way. Oh, totally. Total, total. <laughs> My former agency, I learned, is listening. So, good morning. Just the tip. <laughs> Just the tip. That's Just right. Just the tip. Had another one walk out the door the other day. They did. In the 20-man department, you lose one guy. That's pretty substantial. It, and, 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 and the funny thing is, is with all the FOIAs that I filed, since I left, 85 people have left the 305-man department. Mm. Is it really me? Is it really me being bitter? Is it really me that's, that's, that's exag uh, you know, exaggerating all of the stuff that happened? Look up, look up top. All of these, All these books <laughs> were our best sellers. Yeah. Still in the top 100 after three years. Yeah. For a fucking reason. Because thousands of people buy these books and they read them and they go, you know what? It's not just Alexandria City. It's not just Tip City. It's from fucking, it's from Canada all the way down and all the way across the world. Mm -hmm. So I, if, if you're tuning in, and and the first couple of episodes you listened, you're like, man, these guys are so fucking bitter. You have, <laughs> you have to know the backstory. You have to know the backstory. Yeah. You know, the, the guy humping calls for service, he can't talk like this. Right. And you and I have said it multiple times. If you think that you have the freedom to say what you want to say in your department, I've said this many episodes, Mark. 
go into roll call and just test it out. Put your, put your little toesy in, toesies in the water. Go into roll call, and when you get your cruiser assignment, you yeah. turn around and you go, hey, Sarge, I'm not really a big fan of that car. Right. Try small. See what yeah. happens. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go against the grain. Rub, you know, pet the dog against the fur line sometime and see how that works out for you. Because yeah. the minute you start pushing back is the minute things start happening for you and not in a positive way. You know, that specialty assignment. Yeah, that's not up for grabs anymore. You know, you want that good shift. Yeah, that's not up for grabs anymore. No, you know, no, no. I, I know you wanted days, but here we're going to put you on three to elevens because uh, mm, fuck you. Yeah. Show <laughs> me. Why. My favorite was show me that you're ready for this. Show oh, me. Oh, man, that must be show in the. Me. Yeah, that must be in the uh, the toxic manager handbook. Yeah. Uh, show me you're ready. I love the ones um, this department already had a canine program established. And this uh, one guy, man, I want to be the next canine. They're like, okay, we'll go out and do some research on why we need to have a canine. And I looked at the guy and I said, we were having coffee at Circle K. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Well, yeah. And he's doing all this research. I said, they're giving you busy work, dude. Keep you distracted. And he went, what? And I yeah. said, bro, they have a fucking program already. They've had it for 10 years. What are you doing? They reinvade. They re like. It's funny, you you, you know, I, that's this is why I love you, Mark, because when you're talking, I, I and again, I'm just going right back to my old department. So I'm on social media because, you know, I, I post articles uh, all the time. They make any Facebook or, or social media posts. Yeah. It's been a while because uh, I actually have a job and, and, and I got shit to do, you know. Right. Um, and plus, I like it's a it's a mind fuck. You know, you do it for a little bit, then you stop, then you do it, then you know. Back yeah, forward. they think you quit, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. Lieutenant's like, I got him. No, you didn't. Um, yeah. So I'm looking, and there's this new team now. Like I forgot what the name of it. Like I don't know, ass fuckers. I don't know what the fuck it is. Anyway, <laughs> and I'm are like, they the scorpions like in Memphis? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> And so I reach out to one of my one of my folks I still talk to, and I go, "What is this team?" And he's like, "Oh, they took the old cops unit that you were in charge of, the community policing unit, and they renamed it like the community action team or some shit like that." Oh, good lord! And, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding?" And he goes, "Nick, they are literally taking all of your ideas that you came up with, the original ideas, <laughs> brushing them off, and making it seem like it's a brand new fucking idea." Hey, you said you're have- the OG. <laughs> Listen, and, and and any anybody that Google's me aside from the articles about my old department and the books, you'll know that when I when I worked in community policing and when I was the sergeant of community policing, I went to multiple award ceremonies, national award ceremonies for ideas yeah. on combating crime uh, and community policing techniques. It, it is not. It's not a mystery. So I've always been community policing driven, but I've also always been, I'll lock you up. I'm not, I wasn't one of those hug a thug folks that were like, oh, they don't, they don't need to go to jail. They need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, they need somebody to beat them with a stick is what they need. And that's the other reason why you and I can't be cops anymore is because <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, man. Hey, I you know, I, I, I would whip it. a guy's ass and put him in the back of the car and then I'd sit there and talk to him. I said, dude, why do we have to get to that fucking point, bro? 
Why couldn't now, you just stop? Why did I have to? Why do we have to go that way, bro? Well, and <clears throat> see again, you spark always things in my head. <laughs> so I'm am ta- talking to this I'm talking to this officer who has um, uh, body cams. Uh, one particular brand. It's one of the popular brands. And you and I talked about this a couple of phone call conversations ago. Uh, I and, think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I can't I I, I couldn't do the job now because this particular brand uh started this year or maybe it was last year, so don't quote me on this folks. Your body cam now, your sergeants and above or whoever has authorization can now dial into your body cam remotely and watch mm-hmm. it live. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer waiting for it to load up to the cloud or for you to bring it in and download it. If if they get an itch in their ass and they they want to jump in your shit or you're just on the radar or you have a podcast that they don't really like, um, <laughs> they're gonna try and gather intel on you by turning your camera on remotely. So like, I, well, how, how much do Big Brother do we need, people? gang? How much? When's enough? It, but here's the thing: is is like there's nothing stopping that from happening. Like you have no. The IACP ordaining all of this stuff and being like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, the IACP has their circle jerk. I think it's this week or next week or when mm-hmm. it's, it's sometime this week. Um, and and I go on there and I look at what their agenda is. There's no there's no Mark or Nick's or Scott's or Travis Yates. There's yeah. none of us going there and Grossman having out there either, is there? Gross. They're not going to touch fucking Grossman with a ten foot pole. Um, <laughs> shit, I got I, I got a better chance than Grossman does. Uh, you know, and 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 here's the thing: is if you're really forward thinking, IACP, you would you would invite somebody or, or fuck, I'll do it pro bono the first time. Um, Invite Mark and I out there, block us for an hour, save a conference yeah. room, count the seats. If they're all empty, pff, failure. If they're not and they're full, you might be on to something. Because if, and, and, and this is where I get pissed off at places like IACP, No Help, um, uh, other places that uh, uh, lobby for money, donations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. grants. Oh, here what we go. are you doing with that money? What go, are you yeah, doing see, with not, that money? Now you're lighting my fire, but finish your I purposely thought. did it. I purposely <laughs> did it. You prick. <laughs> like, if you're raising all of this money, you should be holding your own conferences. You should be, like, Virginia, hey, uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia does a health and wellness conference every year. I spoke at it last year. A uh, good buddy of mine uh, really? spoke at it this year. Yeah. So they invited me last year. Was it last year? Yeah, I think it was last year. I was a keynote speaker there. I um, And um, That's awesome. I signed Congrats. a bunch of books. It, 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 but it, it was a phenomenal thing. This this guy, um, fuck him. Oh, this guy, Chris, He's he was in charge of putting the conference. He's done it year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And it's strictly just a conference on officer wellness and health. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Bunch of speakers get up there. A couple of nerd doctors get up there. They critique shit, and it's very interesting. If you're not doing that as a state or as a county or, or municipality, I don't know what you're doing. And if you're right. an organization that takes grant money, 
I want to see where that grant money's going. Just yeah, like when I look at tax darn. returns. Yeah. Yeah. Just like when I look at tax returns of organizations that, that are, that are fucking like uh, lobbying, uh, you know, we're all for preventing law enforcement suicide, but you're not doing a really great fucking job because it's been consistently increasing every fucking year. And in the job I'm in right now, after the second year of an increase in data, you're not going to have a job anymore. Exactly. Like, you're and making is, pretty graphics ain't working. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and this is where they're failing. So I'm, I'm sorry. Was you completed there with your thoughts? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, saying, a, yeah. I'm like mountain. Of Just trying to fire here. you up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, oh, you got it. You got my heart rate up. So, um, you know, we, we've had a past couple of conversations and, and, uh, we did an interview, uh, another one on the shield within, cause we're building content for when I go to Florida and I, I got angry a- after this interview because, uh, this, this person, oh, you called you know, me. The, oh man, was I mad? I was fired up for two days after that. You know how I know um, you're angry is when you'll, <laughs> you and I text, even though we're old, we text a lot and, and you go, can I just call you? Cause this is too much. And I go, oh, this is going to be fucking good. I told your wife, you're like, I'm going to yeah. take a shit and talk to Mark. Yeah. 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 It's kind of, it's kind of like, Hey, can we, can we just fuck instead of doing what we're doing right now? Yeah. Skip the foreplay. I just want to grind one. Yeah. How much more are we going to rub on each other? Let's get the show on the road. Simpsons is on. <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh my God. <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm going to give a shout out to our friends at, at uh, Save a Warrior, Mr. Jay Clark. And you know, what Jay Saul. Clark said uh, when, uh, yes, the, the grang at Saul. So if you have extra money, throw it their way because they're professional beggars. Do it for free. Do it for fun and do it for free. Stop a transactional relationship. And this is where I have a problem with law enforcement, mental health. Everyone wants to have a transactional relationship. Okay, you and I got into this job because we just said this is the best fucking job in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Part of being the best fucking job in the world is you get a decent uh, retirement, decent, not great, decent, and you get health care. Part of your health care package should include mental health services. And you shouldn't have to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop after hoop to get through to mental health. You shouldn't have to go to your boss and say, boss, I'm ready to eat my fucking gun. They should be for free. They not free, but they should not be any cost to the member. And if you're serious about police suicides, and we talk about this all the time, still the number one killer. We kill ourselves more than any other thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing it for free? And why is why isn't the states? Because I've recently learned through our talk with our friends on a windmill wellness ranch in Texas. Hello, Erica and Shannon. Why is the state of Ohio? And I don't know about the Commonwealth. But the state of Ohio is like 50 of 50 states as far as mental health for officers. And they, they like to talk a lot. Oh, no, we're not. We give you resources. <laughs> My worst Mickey Mouse voice. Yeah. And I say that because I was uh, had a class last week and, and one of the officers. Remember the bus crash with the illegal alien that killed the little boy on the first day of school? Yeah. 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 This officer was the second one on scene and it's fucked Ugh. them up. Mm. and i'm talking to them and i'm like you know you you really need to you, you should you should consider you know going and talking to somebody and they said well why do you think i need to do that and i said <laughs> because i just mentioned this is the third time you've talked about it so yeah, you know so I, I took 10 minutes with them and we really had a good talk together they didn't have the resources why 
why don't you have the resources? And it's nothing negative against the officer. And they didn't have the resources because the people that's giving the message are so off base. I go mm-hmm. talk to the chief. Well, that's fucking great. I'm glad you go talk to the fucking chief. Because let me tell you something. That person is not the conduit to me that's pushing a fucking radio car around on midnights. If you yep. want to talk to me, talk to me directly. And here in the state of Ohio, if you you have your state agency, you have the ability to recognize um, or to be able to access all of the certified police officers within the state. Why don't you just do direct marketing? And and, and, I don't know if marketing is the right thing, but it should be free. It should be a list of resources. You should be able to go somewhere, let's say a website. And I'm not just bitching on the roll call room. I have every intention of taking the person... Uh, in charge of that program at the lunch and talking to yeah. them and saying, Hey, look, th- I'm angry because of, of this reason. Um, so we need to be able to connect with those people directly. And, you know, how many agencies have we talked to that when we're all saying the same thing, but yet we're still having a high amount of, of police suicides. And, you know, it's the stigma. Number one, the mm-hmm. energy and the shame of, of saying, hey, I my job is to fix shit. I can't fucking fix me, and I don't know why. So here, I'm going to take my one or two beers a night that I used to go to sleep. Now they're 8 to an 18-pack. I'm going to start fucking around, or I'm going to start doing drugs. I'm going to take some opiates. I'm going to start gambling. You know, mm-hmm. the, these these addiction things, because, you know, everyone says, why would you want to be a cop or a firefighter? Because I'm an adrenaline junkie. How many times have yeah. you heard that? I love yeah. being on the front line. I want to be the first in. I want to, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on SWAT. I do this, that, and the other because I love the, you know, I, I love the excitement. I love the adrenaline dump. So now we're taking those addictive behaviors and we're turning them into self-destructive things. So my point is the job fucks us up. Why isn't the job providing and not a transactional relationship? They're not providing this. And, and I'm going to take it one step further. When you're in the academy, you should be making those relationships. You should be talking about serious talk, not, you know, here in Ohio, we do a thing called blue help, which is good. It's something. Something is better than nothing. But are you, do you really have a fucked up guy like me or Nick standing in front of the classroom saying, let me tell you something about suicide. You know, we, we, we've, we've taught this class. We've had a good time. You know, my class laughs a lot because I think that humor is the best form of of teaching because when you're having fun you're staying engaged right Mm -hmm. so you have a guy up here that that turns the page and says look you know i woke up one day and had my fucking gun in my mouth oh by the way did i mention that i just got done with an honor guard detail and i thought it'd be really cool to turn my head turned into a canoe in my honor guard uniform and the whole class went what Mm -hmm. yeah have a guy like you and i standing up there not some guy that's teaching a lesson plan that could give a fuck Okay, because yeah. that's, that's how it, that's how it comes off. And I asked him, I said, "Yeah, I know. I was running and gunning for nine fucking years before my shit turned." And you're good until you're not. And mm-hmm. then the next thing about it, how many of us are bringing childhood traumas onto the job because they want to help people? Is that resolved before you get started? Have, did you sit down when you when you're having that? And and it's a good honest conversation we're going to quote our friend jay clark again the the problem with most things is everyone refuses to have a good honest conversation Mm -hmm. and say you know what i'm fucked up i got into this job because i want to help people i want to help people because when i was that little kid 
this happen to me. And I don't yeah. ever want that to happen to anybody else. But did I resolve that trauma? No, I didn't. I buried it like we do everything else with first responders and type A's, right? So now let's add five or 10 years of more fucking trauma. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's the shit show you got. So we're not having that honest conversation. We're not having that trauma resolution. And just sit down with a the therapist and do an eval. I mean, we're not going to deny you the job. You know, we need to uh, cultivate that asset. So if we could sit down, in, in or, or better yet, uh, do that early brain scan. Hey, I want to be a cop. I'm going to scan your head. Uh, we got some things we need to resolve first. Yeah. Okay, cool. So can it be resolved? Sure. Absolutely they can. And what Dr. Molly Hall said was by the time first responders get to my office, they should have been here 10 years ago. Yeah. That is, and ask any therapist or any psychiatrist, they all tell you the same thing. So I'm going to wrap this up real quick. So we need to have early intervention when it all needs to be free, not free, no cost to the member. Uh, I mean, if right. you're going to pay, if you're going to go out, blue, no help and, and solicit money instead of doing poker runs, why aren't we funding these things? Why aren't we mm-hmm. funding this? And why are do we have a number? Okay. I'm number zero, zero seven, just for the James Bond thing. So I can go in, I can anonymously register if I choose to, I have all these lists of, uh, podcasts that are pro mental health, like the roll call room and, and whatever else. Um, and they're and just like they have a dating app. Why don't we have an app for mental health professionals? And and it's it's nationwide. You can do telehealth with them. But I can tell you here in the state of Ohio, when Molly Hall told me, Dr. Molly Hall told me, was that every state has their regulations because if you're in Ohio, she can't treat Nick from Virginia because she has an Ohio license. Why isn't there a national license for these people? If you seriously want to get behind it, listen to me, uh, uh, chiefs of police out there, OACP, um, FBI and A and all you guys, why isn't there a national? And this is something that's reaching outside our industry and into the into the the uh, um, mental health realm. Is have that national license to where um, you you can dial in anywhere and you have this app and hey, I like that guy, you know, and have a and that therapist have a little bit of a, a brief video introduction and then click on it and then yeah. you know, what I told or what Dr. David and I were talking about from the shield within was that, you know, have that 15 minute freebie be on that person's books already and have it paid for by another entity. And that's it. I'm going to take a breath. Well, and, and I mean, you, you, you definitely I was bring rolling, up, right? You were, well, I let you go, man. I was like, he's, he's, he's rolling. Was it over when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? I, I think to you answer know that, Comment on our Facebook page if you know the movie. <laughs> I think I think there's a there's a Joke couple of answers. It did. I think there's a couple of answers. The the big one is the reason why these chiefs and the reason why the IACP are not addressing these issues is because staffing is a huge, huge fucking hot topic right now. And yeah, they can't okay. afford I'm sorry, gotta push pause yeah, right yeah. there, Nick. You gotta push yeah. pause. Staffing. Okay. So I'm having a problem. I'm fucking around with my wife or I'm drinking or I'm calling in sick a bunch. So was that Sergeant Lieutenant Captain looking at Mark the cop saying, hey, brother, I, I just need to have a good, honest, again, honest conversation with you. Let's put you off work. 
All right, I'm going. I'm going to help you through this FMLA thing. We're going to send you down with a therapist. We want to unfuck you because we want to cultivate this asset. How much money was spent on you, Nick, as an officer? Mm-hmm. Academy, all your all your additional schoolings you went. Look at you were an award winning, very decorated, nationally accredited officer in your field, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the hundreds of thousands of dollars that city invested in you. And because your fucking head is is uh, scrambled eggs right now, we're just going to throw you out the door. Later, Tater. Out. My current employer thanks you very, very much. <laughs> yes. So why aren't we cultivating these assets and having an ongoing maintenance program? Because I can tell you right now, you know, you're re-traumatized every day. Why aren't we sitting in? Why aren't we having these people? But because, you know, there's the stigma. Oh, he's on the rubber gun squad. He goes to therapy. Pussy. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. Sorry. Continue to talk. Well, and and I, I, I talk about this so many of our episodes which is, is there's so many safe podcasts out there right now I, I mean just just the other day i'm on social media and i see three new law enforcement podcasts popping up oh here we and, go and, and god bless you you know you want to do this that's that's fantastic but what's your content what's your goal like and then i see organizations that are supposed to be supporting elimination, eliminating the stigma of getting help and reducing law enforcement suicides. Now they mm-hmm. have a podcast and it's dog shit. It's oh, terrible. Goodness. Like it's, you're not appealing to the road dogs. You are not appealing to our, our, our demographic of people that need to listen to it. You're mm-hmm. appealing to officer wives, which is fantastic because they do need an outlet. We put mm-hmm. them through a lot of shit. I get it. I understand it. But you need to to restructure what you're doing. And and what I love about you being on one podcast and then being on this one also is, is I always get to hear, you know, people that you've interviewed and stuff like that. And I'm not picking on anybody that you've interviewed because everybody that mm-hmm. you interview is is solid. Any information you can get out there is fantastic. But when people come on, not just yours, other podcasts, and they say, well, I do this and I'm an expert in this and I, I raise money for this. I've never heard of you. And, and this is conversation when <laughs> you and I get on the phone with each other, you're like, Hey, I saw this, I saw this organization that does this and this and this, and they're saying that they're the best in the field. And I go, have you ever heard of them? Cause I've never heard of them before. Right. And right. I was so great. Then why the fuck have I not heard of you? Yeah. And I Sorry. always think to myself when I was sitting on the edge of my bed with my gun in my hand, I didn't know about Blue No Help. I didn't know about uh, Cop Line. I didn't know about all these things. And it wasn't because I was not in touch. It's because they do really terrible advertising, like you said, or they're not good at public relations or their intentions are not pure. Um, And and, and there's no dig on any one of the ones that I named, sort of. Um, except for blue when you're taking yeah, when you're taking in three hundred thousand dollars plus a year and then you go to this person's tax returns and they're shelling out salaries to people mm-hmm. and there's some questionable spending here and there as to where it's going amen and yeah. you're not partnering up with and, and listen this is not an advertisement of uh, Mark and I want to be invited to every conference and I'll be very completely honest with you. I just don't have the time. 
I barely yeah. have the time to do these episodes. That's why they're so sporadic in releasing because I got a full time job and and it's a job that I a lot of people enjoy. working for you. <laughs> I do. You I have, virtually have your own police department working underneath you uh, right now. You, <laughs> multiple billions of dollars that I'm responsible for. Multiple yeah. people that work underneath me, an entire eastern part of the country that I'm responsible for. It's a tremendous amount of responsibility. And here's the thing: and it's is, ironic you're working for Adam and Eve. I know. <laughs> I can. You so finally tell everybody where I work. Literally can't. Now, now, oh, sorry. Now, I have said that. now I'm canceling the lubricant that you asked me about before we hit record. <laughs> Fuck your asshole. You can continue to chafe. <laughs> now you get nothing. And I'm canceling the blow-up doll that you ordered with my discount code. <laughs> oh, you can't you can't deny me inflatable Seika. <laughs> yeah. Molly is not coming. And neither are you. You get my age, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. It's just dust. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I i i digress which is is that sorry the, i threw the, that in there the, no it's full it's hilarious i think <laughs> the thing about it is is i'm always looking at like when you're boasting about how good you are how good your organization is right i've never heard of you before and if i haven't heard of you and and we talked about this yes. a couple days ago like on monday or tuesday and i said Mark, I have never, ever turned around and said or put RCR on a pedestal and said, we're the, we're the top. But I've been in the game way before a lot of these podcasts were around. I was mm-hmm. doing a podcast while I was an officer, which is fucking suicide on its own. Now that I look <laughs> back on it. So all you new guys that want to do this, get off the job. Yeah, or, get yeah, a, or, or, or hang the mic up and do something really other than this. Don't, don't be naive like I, I like I I barely listen to the old episodes but when I do and I hear myself like so confident that nothing was going to happen I'm like <laughs> boy you were so naive but see that's and what I attracted had... me to RCR initially you know sitting there on midnights and I fired up your podcast and I'm like I love these guys and you're like fuck them and I'm like oh my god you know and 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 you know the fun i like to reminisce about the old days with 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 uh original mike and i remember releasing all the episodes and then like the sixth episode was when everything started to fucking close in and it was interesting there with the flamethrower for so long (laughs) it had to be it had to be addressed and it was only because we were because Mike and I originally were like, if we get 150 people to listen to this thing, that's half of our department. That's how naive yeah. we were. That we were like, <laughs> only people in our department will listen to it. But when overnight it was 6,000 plus, yes, I was like, holy shit. And then the department had no choice. They had to address it. Yeah. Um, well, actually, they didn't have to. I mean, th- what, what they could have done, if if the departments would in trust me officers that are listening especially our midnight crews out there we appreciate you and love you so the the there is half if not more 
the good chiefs and the good people are getting back into the job or getting into positions of management. So it's in just, I hope so. Sure. Not everybody is a piece of shit. Not every one no. of them is a narcissistic uh, acronym, but the ones it, it, you said they had to address it. And, and if they were truly officer first and, um, well, number one, if they were truly officer first, RCR would never exist if they yeah. were truly taking care of their people. But it, say you have that narcissist mid-manager and the chief pulls you in and says, hey, Nick, I I appreciate you bringing this to our attention. I wish you would have used another venue. Mm-hmm. I, I really would appreciate it. Tone it down because mm-hmm. I have a job to do here. Because if you don't tone it down, honestly, I'm going to back a dump truck up full of bricks and dump it on you. So there's yeah. your choice, all right? The message needs to be out there. I'll address what I need to address, and let's have a good, honest conversation. Again, honest conversation. Tell me about the uh, mid-manager that's fucking you over, because I need to know this, because I'm not aware of it. And then you have that honest, con- confident, honest conversation. Not one of these ones where, tell me what I need to know, and then I'm going to tell them so they can continue to fuck you, which yeah. happens quite often. But if we have that honest conversation, and that person is addressed to where they're not such a narcissist or such a fucking prick, then things move a lot smoother. Because remember, management, we know you're listening. Happy officers are productive officers. If you're happy with your job, you're going to want to come in and do your job. And guess what? We've said this many, many times. I was your best recruiter when I was happy. And now that I'm unhappy, you know, I don't give a shit if no one ever drops another application off at your at your department because you know what you can do it all yourself and you need saving lives yeah yeah exactly saving lives i'm saving suicide lives right now i'm saving officers from themselves because working for you makes people want to eat their gun and that's the honest conversation seriously interesting the interesting part about the the facebook comment that this this lieutenant made i i looked Mm -hmm. at the the three likes that he got on his comment (laughs) <laughs> and they all worked with him. I I had to die laughing because one of them is now a retired lieutenant. He was my lieutenant at the time the podcast podcast came out. Complete donut. Nobody respected <laughs> the guy. Absolute idiot. Um, and I remember being at FBI Lita class with this guy, and people in the class, not from my agency, because FBI Lita is all, all right. over the place. Mm-hmm. Somebody inside the room was like, that's Nick from from the roll call room and heads turned. And were that's like, Nick. That's Nick. <laughs> and so somebody turned around and said to my lieutenant, have you heard the roll call room? And he goes, I, and I, I've said this a million times on the show. He said, I'm not going to listen to it because then I have to do something about it. And it still stuck with me. There's not too many comments that stuck with me, but that's one of them. Yeah. And so he liked that comment. Um, and he lives actually very close to where I live. So I'm dying to run into him someday, dying to run into him, not embarrassed. It's going to be embarrassing for his sake, but anyway, um, <laughs> then there was a nut, then there's two officers that liked the comment. One of them is an absolute moron, the worst right. police officer I've ever worked with that I've ever supervised. But when I was a Sergeant guy dodged paperwork, like, like fucking Superman, like, he was he was one of those guys that would go lights and siren to a place, shake up the globe, and then as soon as somebody would come on, he'd go, "All right, well, I'm out of here." 
Yeah. He's that guy. Yeah. And he's, he's moved around all over the place. He's in he's in motors or, or, or some shit like that now. He, he it's just you you you're not impressing anybody, buddy. I know more in this one fingertip than you'll ever know about law enforcement. Absolutely. And on top of that, you look like your mom dropped you when you were a baby. <laughs> or daddy had everybody you on his shoulders that. and walked that, in the and wall. That, yeah. Everybody says that at the department about you. Just let you know. That's that's common knowledge. That's the big thing. They call you What's that dude from Goonies? The the fucking one, uh, chunk, the one with like messed up, yeah, chunk. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they call you there. Um, so and that's what I love about about not working for your department. I can say whatever I want as long as it's true. <laughs> that's right. That's your right. city already tried suing me about these books up here. Yeah, and they can't because it's, it's true. true. That's right. That's, yeah, that's uh, kind of the uh, the uh, the status I'm having. Uh, with with writing my book, I was really struggling with: Do I do it uh, based on a true story, or do I just tell the true story? But yeah, who knows? It, 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 and what I'm what I'm basing it on is uh, basing it. I can't talk this morning. Um, is how much do how much court battle do I want in in the future? So I think if I just sandbag just a little more, maybe this uh, current chief will be out of office and he can he can uh, go pound sand. Because uh, I think, yeah, the, the, the truth, I mean, the truth scares people. And I think it the does. problem is, is when you can't control the narrative the way that you've controlled it all the time, mm-hmm. uh, people get desperate. And, and the comment on Facebook, I think, was a true tip of the hand of what your cards are, which is, is listen, if you don't know this by now, I talk to people within the department and it's increasing. Newer officers right. are reaching out to me. You got a major problem on your hands because a guy like me, that's Ooh. dangerous because <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. And this isn't just like a ham radio show where, where Mark and I are in our basements and we're using walkie talkies and we're communicating to three truck drivers. Right. This is a show that's been around for three years. It's mm-hmm. got a strong base. It's mm-hmm. got a big, huge following. Mm-hmm. And our voice carries. And like I said, I'm not looking to stop all of the people from applying at your department. But it's working because a year ago they celebrated having, I think it was 30 recruits or somewhere in that neighborhood, 30 recruits that came out of the academy. Mm-hmm. Out of that, I think eight or nine stuck around. You got oh, a problem wow. on your hands. Yeah, you that's major Instead of you worrying about lieutenant. Instead of you worrying about drinking the Kool-Aid and you turning around and worrying about what I'm saying, be mm-hmm. the recruitment lieutenant and fix the fucking problem. Hey, you go to all these leadership classes, they say be the change agent, be the, the agent of change within your department. Mm-hmm. But they're not doing that because they're they're stupid advisors. They're given the position, but they're not allowed to make decisions. And that no. all lays squarely within the chief's office. You know, so they had 30 recruits in eight state. That is a deplorable number. Mm-hmm. And for the officers that's at my former agency, yeah, you guys got a healthy pay raise. Well, let me tell you something. Be sure to put that money back because you're going to need it to pay your attorney. So that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Have your $10,000 put back. So when the day comes, it's not if. Look at the track record. Look at the people that are walking out the door. Listen to their stories. 
And uh, someone said the other day, one of my town people I ran into, they're like, we don't know any of the officers anymore. Who are all these new people? I said, no, the bigger question is, is why are all these new people? Because I can tell you, my former agency, the only time people left, number one is a retirement. Number two is they got a better job at a, a, a agency south of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, so they generally left my department and went there. That's the only time anybody ever left. Period. Hard stop. Now it's a revolving door. And it's not because everyone's losing recruits. No. When you have a high paying job with good equipment, why are people leaving? It's management. It's squarely within the chief's yeah. office. They don't Trust leave the me. job, they leave the people. And, they and leave. exactly. Uh, That's why uh, I left. As soon as I knew that yeah. guy was getting promoted, <laughs> me and the other sergeant left. We're like, we're out of here. I left because they fucked me. Um, so I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to sum this up, which is this. Well, it we got is, our next pick. You can't wrap it up yet. Oh, oh, okay. What's, what's the, yeah. What's the, what's the pick? This, have you ever encountered a ghost since it's Halloween? Mm-hmm. Scariest story on the job on midnights, but anyway, go ahead. So I think I repeated this story already, but I'm going to repeat it anyway, because there's a lot of new listeners that come on. Um, okay. This was right when I was on Midnight's. It was at the end of me being on Midnight's. This is actually was the reason why that was the end. And it's not what you're going to think it is. I was uh, with a buddy of mine that I went to the academy with. We used to be very, very good friends. We're not friends anymore because he's oh. now part of command and drank the Kool-Aid. And he's a big boss now at another agency. And, you know, he just... <laughs> so... <laughs> But we were we were best friends. We worked on midnights together. We went on calls together. We were the thickest thieves. We hung out outside of work. Our families knew each other, all that stuff. And it was a late night. He had court. I had court the night, the day before. We barely got any sleepy, both of us. And we were butted up car to car to each other. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, listen, you knock off for an hour or two. It was in the winter. It was freezing. I remember that. Mm. The heat's blasting. His window yeah. is up a little bit. Mine is up a little bit. He's he's nodding off. He's he's going. And I said, you do for an hour and then you watch me. That's what right. you do, folks. Yeah. There's nothing going on. We're not fucking off. We weren't bad officers. We were fucking heavy hitters. And um, so I'm just trying to keep busy. You know, I'm fucking around. I had XM radio in the car. So I'm trying to find a, a station and I'm playing on my phone and I look across this major road and then there's businesses all along there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like looking and I'm squinting my eyes and I'm like, and I have good eyes, man. Like, and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, there's somebody breaking into the fucking sign shop. No shit. No fucking way. (laughs) And so now your brain is like convincing you that that's not the case, that this is not a cop's moment. You know, like the fucking cop show you're you're getting amped up and you're like, this is my shit. This is where I grab a shotgun. And I run across the road and I pump it, even though it should already have one in the chamber. Yeah. And, and I yell out, freeze you, motherfucker. And, I, and I'm getting all amped up, man. And I feel it right now. My adrenaline's like yeah. pumping up. Things. And I'm like, this is my moment. I'm going to call a helicopter in. I'm going to get canine. We're going to get this motherfucker. And I'm watching. And this person is slowly looking back and forth into the window, into the business not even thinking to myself who the fuck would break into a signage shop just before Christmas. Right. No, no one. 
And I'm like, I'm like, here we go. And what are you going to steal? Right. Men's restroom of, signs. When, listen, when you talk about tunnel vision and, and you're, and you're like, you're like, you know, this is my uh, moment. So I'm looking and, and, and I'm like, should I wake him up? Like, what should I do? And it was a club. Like I turned to him and I go, Hey, somebody's breaking into the, to the banana sign shop. That's right. the name of it. Banana shop. And, uh, He's like, no. And I'm like, I swear. I said, so he's like, he go, he pulls up. And then, so I get out. It's like a clusterfuck for us to get out of the car tactfully, mm-hmm. you know? And well, yeah, we, you're we doored up. Move. So now you got to move your cars. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's the Crown Vic. So no matter how <laughs> slow you go, it sounds like a John Deere lawnmower. So, so I'm like, I get out of the car. He gets out of the car. None of us put gloves on. So oh, it's yeah. freezing fucking cold out. You got your gun out. And if you know hurry. about Glock. Yeah, you know Glock. It's freezing because the top is metal. And, yeah. you're, and you're like we're walking across the thing. We're on the radio. And we're all excited. And we get closer and closer and closer. And it's a bush. <laughs> it is a bush. Blowing back in and the forth wind, in the wind, blowing back and forth. <laughs> We're in the middle of uh, our what our main street was, which was Duke Street. It was a main yeah. street. We stop in the middle of it again. It's no, it's like probably November or December around there. <laughs> and the most embarrassing thing you could hear sirens coming in the distance, and it's uh, the careful. most embarrassing thing to grab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and holster your weapon. And he just turns and looks at me. Mark, it was the funniest thing. He turns, looks at me, walks away, gets in his car, and drives off. And he we probably did that versus pistol whipping you. Yeah. We had car-to-car, like, messaging on the MDB. And uh, I was like, "What happened? Where, where'd you go? He goes, I don't want to hang out for the, with you for the rest of the night. And I <laughs> Again, again, so when we talk when we talk about like uh, this job, those are the moments that make this job absolutely it is so the greatest epic. job in the world. Yeah, it's it the really greatest is. job. And 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 you like you tell that story to other folks that are not in law enforcement, they're like, huh. right. But in law enforcement, you can you can relate because you're like you understand what tunnel vision is. You understand oh, the yeah. adrenaline. You understand your mindset thinks completely differently. And when you fixated that that is what is going on, yep. all other logic goes out. Like <laughs> like you said, what are you going to steal from a signage shop? If this person was breaking in, why are they the world's slowest fucking burglar in the world? Exactly. Like, and where's their these car? These are all things after. Yeah, they these drop them things- off? Yeah, these are all things that, like, when I got in the car and I was trying to warm back up, I was like, idiot, idiot. <laughs> this is yeah, but every, a every, funny everyone's story. had everyone's had that stupid bonehead moment. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just all a part of being being on the job. I mean, I don't care how long you've been there. I mean, I've had my do you know moments. We've all done that. I would love to say that that's the only one, but there have been many of those moments where you're like. <laughs> What the fuck was I thinking? You know, like, and we'll have to do an episode on like uh, best best call yeah. for service that you've done, and and worst um, or things thing that you completely screwed up and you learned the most from. Yeah, uh, I've got quite a few of those, especially early on in your career. 
Um, you know, anytime you screw up something and you can walk away from it and learn from it. And that's what I used to tell when I was a field trainer to my recruits. Um, you want to limit them so that you're not in a body bag with that mistake. Right. Um, I was very, very fortunate with two of them while I was very early in my career that could have, I could definitely not be here right now because of a bonehead, stupid mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and the statute of limitations is over on some of the stuff that I can tell stories on. <laughs> so we like can you. talk about without having to you worry know. about indictment again. Yeah, yeah. So, the uh, stuff that my department should have gotten me on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? He, he who without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my department. So this is my Halloween spooky story. And this is this is true. I mean, I, I do believe that there is an afterlife. And I believe that there's a, a dimension we are aware of here as earthly human beings um, just because of my experiences throughout life. Um, I, my office was the closest to the chief's office. And uh, my former chief, God rest his soul, is Tom Davidson. Tom uh, um, was a cancer patient and he ended up dying in office. And in 2013, we, we gave him the absolute best honors because I was, I was in charge of the honor guard then. And, uh, we sent him off. Right. So, you know, proud man. I mean, he's the reason why no one ever left because he was a true leader. So, uh, but Tom loved the job and Tom loved us. I mean, he was the type of person that he was kind of like our surrogate father. You know, he was, um, slow to anger and you know he had his quirks i mean he wasn't the saint i try to make him out to be but uh, you know he had his quirks and um but he loved the job and and uh, as part of the honors to him they actually named that building because we're in a separate building from the city building even though they connected it but that's the davidson building or it was anyway last time i was in there so um see i got promoted he promoted me in 2012 excuse me and then, uh, I don't know, about 2014, I'm on midnight, you know, so I started hearing noises in his office. Oh, boy. And about, and everyone, anyone ever watches or any, anybody that's into the paranormal knows that what's three o'clock in the morning? Do you know what it is, Nick? No, I'm not. I, that shit it's, scares it's, me. Okay. It's dead time. So it's the opposite of when Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died at three o'clock in the afternoon. Three o'clock in the morning is dead time. I don't so, like that. Uh, you don't like that? Am I, I freaking like you that. out? That just freaked me out. <laughs> well, well, we'll tap into the paranormal side here. So hopefully we get Thanks for the ones. nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's why you're always up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's another so reason. It, it's like, what the fuck is going on in that office? So I get up from my desk and I walk around. I go back into Tom's office and I, or I was the other chief's office by this time. And I'm like, something's fucking in here. So I flip the light on, I'm looking around, I'm thinking there's a, there's a mouse, there's a rat, something's back there clinking around and nothing's moved. I'm like, yeah, some may right. And my, you feel the cold hairs up mm-hmm. on the back of my neck. There's something in that room. There's a presence in that room. So like uh, fast forward. I, and I'm noticing this and I'm thinking, I wonder if Tom's here. So, um, and he wore a white shirt, blue pants. I mean, he was the chief. So then uh, I'm a coffee drinker. So at the time, I was still drinking like a fiend. So I made a pot of coffee. And um, I go up front. And the lights during the night, they shut off. So just the minimum lighting's on. 
you know, how you got like, you, you may have a fluorescent light with four bulbs in it, but at night, you know, for energy, they only have one on the lights that mm-hmm. are on all the time. So, um, and out of the shadows, I, I see this, this silhouette walking. It's a man in a white nope. shirt, a gray hair man in a white shirt. So it's, it's, I'm like, ah, uh. so I'm no, not, I don't like I'm that. not, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I know who it is now. Okay. So I'm like, all right, but no problem. It's cool. So I, Hey Tom, how you doing? Fast forward, it's January. It's snowing like a motherfucker out. It's colder than a well digger's ass. Kelly, the Kelly, mm-hmm. um, is in the back doing a report. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm back in my office. I'm catching up the reports or whatever else I'm doing. Probably stupid Lexapol stuff. And she lets out this blood curdling scream. And I hear this. Did she see my package on the internet? (laughs) I think you texted it to her. (laughs) I did. I think she called it the iguana, but that's a story for another show. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like an iguana laying in his lap. (laughs) So she comes into my office and all the colors out of her face. She's like, Sarge, someone's in the fucking building. And I went, what'd they look like? Skinny guy, gray hair, white shirt, blue pants. And I said, that's Tom. Yeah, you need and to burn went, that place down. And, and she, her jaw dropped. She's like, Tom who? I said, it's Tom Davidson. He's still in the building. He, he's here every night. I said, calm down. He's, he's perfectly. And what she saw when she was sitting in the road room, because you could stare up the hallway to records, and then in the main lobby, because the lights were down, she saw a silhouette turn that corner and go up front like he always did. So, uh, yeah, that's my story. Is that uh, the Tipsy Police Department is still haunted, and it's haunted by the no, former chief. You, you need to burn that place down. That whole story. <laughs> well, I agree with you, but for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm going to parlay this into this into something, and then and then we'll wrap it up. Which is is that even so that goes to prove that's a perfect story, Mark. You couldn't have you couldn't have told it at a better time. Which is this job is so good to you um, mm-hmm. when it wants to be. And in in when it's good, you'll even come back after. You know, like the it sounds weird, but you know where I'm going with it, which is is yeah. that this this ghostly figure, he obviously loved the job that much. Mm-hmm. Um that kind of stuff scares the shit out of me. I just think the top costume this year for the Chiefs, uh, especially after the year that they've had the number one costume is going to be a vampire because they suck the fucking life out of you. I've been holding on to that for an hour and 17 minutes. The Bella Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> With a badge. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to end on a high note. So folks. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. We, we need to get some social media interaction here. So if you're out and you're at your Halloween party, I want to see your best vampire with it, with your badge on. <laughs> bonus so, points so since you're you a, vampire a vampire chief, does that mean you're in white now? The bonus points, <laughs> if you have a vampire outfit and you're holding a yellow brick. <laughs> And for those of you that are texting and emailing and whatever, communicating the yellow bricks, keep them coming. We love each and every one of them. And, we need and, we need to have the brick store, Nick. We need to put up you, we need to put a do. spot on the Facebook page or one of them with the brick store. So yeah. everyone's every we, we've I've been, been getting a ton of yellow bricks getting uh, texted. 
which is or that messy. and and uh, yellow brick prick has taken <laughs> off. Like the the yellow brick prick is just hilarious. I I don't even know why I said that, but I did, um, <laughs> and it rings true. Um, I'm really looking forward to your yellow brick lieutenant from my old department. I really am. Um, but listen, folks, uh, it's been a pleasure. Make sure that you're taking good care of yourselves. Uh, you can get a hold of me at Nick at rollcallroom.com. You can get rid, uh, get a hold get of, rid of Mark. I said, get rid of Jesus. I can't no one can't get the <laughs> I know. We're going to have to talk about that, too. Uh, mic drop. <laughs> mic, double mic drop. Um, you can get a hold of Mark at M-A-R-C C at rollcallroom.com. Um, and I turn it over to you to close us out there, Mark. Officers, take care of yourselves. Uh, again, we love our midnight crew. We love our day shift crews. Everybody's like, well, you have a special place in your heart for the midnight guys. Yeah, we do. Because that's true. You, you're, you're, you're that special guy that, and gal that's sacrificing your life worse than anybody else. You know, you're sleep deprived, mm -hmm. you're tired, but yet you're doing this job because you want to be a fucking cop. And that's where all the epic fucking calls are. And God bless yep. every one of you and be safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of your head. Um, again, if you're working that extra eight hours or you're getting mandatory in by golly, you are contract labor. So take that time off, spend your time, uh, practicing the four F's, uh, family, friends, faith, and doing your favorite activities. Keep yourself happy. It's the best job in the world. But if you're not, if you, if you're turning dark and you're stopped doing those things that you love to do, then it's, it's time to, uh, regroup. I'm not saying get off the job. Just uh, reevaluate things and take care of yourselves. 100%. Alright, folks. Take it easy and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, Mark, that uh, lubricant is the top seller. It's edible too, right? Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now. One of the causes is poor leadership within the law enforcement profession. Nick, the host of the Roll Call Room podcast, has written a book, Police Mental Barricade, A Survivor's Guide to Poor Law Enforcement Leadership. This book is a raw and powerful look into suicide and how poor leadership decisions contribute to law enforcement suicides. Buy the book now at mentalhealthbarricade.com and stop the stigma.